0: Lord everyone. Playtime's over. (laughs) Welcome to United Pentecostal Church, our Wednesday evening service. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. No matter how tired we are right now and what kind of day we've had, uh, it's just great to be in the house of the Lord and have a refreshing. Uh, We do have a Few announcements tonight. Uh, today is Valentine's Day. I, I assume that the uh, strawberry uh, dipping and everything went great, and everybody got their sweetheart some uh, chocolate covered strawberries. And uh, the 22nd is Ladies United Fellowship. There is a sign up sheet in the foyer, and I believe local leaders are economic, political, social. All of our area pastors, we need to pray for our pastor and his wife as they're traveling this uh, few days up in Jonesboro, Arkansas. If you want to stand and if you have a need in your body tonight, uh, we will anoint you with oil. I believe in the power of prayer. Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to come together tonight, Lord, to worship you, God. Lord, I pray for every need that was read before you tonight, God. You know... Every need that was read, I pray for Brother Proctor tonight, God, that you would touch his mind and touch his body and be with Sister Vicki tonight, God. Lord, I pray for Sister Geraldine Auschwitz tonight, God, that you would give her the strength that she needs, God. I bind every spirit of hell that tries to tell these people that they cannot get a healing tonight, oh, God. God, I pray that you would stir up spiritual gifts and angels around them tonight, oh, God. Move inside of them tonight, Jesus.
1: chose to come to the house of the Lord
2: and sit next to you.
0: You can be seated for a moment as the ushers get ready. You know, uh, today has just been an off day for me. Uh, I went to work late, uh, or I left my house late. I didn't show up late. I was still 15 minutes early, but I I left my house late. Then everything just kind of transpired that way. I was late, late, late. And I, I, got, I was even eight minutes late getting off work. And my wife's texting me like Valentine's. I'm like, I know, I'm busy. We had a flat on a truck. <laughs> We're changing it. And I mean, it's its just one of them days to where. And then coming home on 195 out there, nobody gets in a hurry out there. Uh, so I, it's like whenever you're in a hurry, nobody else is in a hurry. And sometimes we get that way with God. Mm-hmm. We're in a hurry for God. Lord, I need this blessing. Lord, I need this healing. Lord, I need you to move in this. But if we would just sit back and take our time and just realize that God is in control yeah. and we need to just sit back and relax. And that's the same way out there on our jobs and everything else. But we've got to put our faith in him yeah. and realize that he is in control. And then we're on his time schedule. and We're not on our time schedule. And so no matter how big of a hurry we get in. We just need to wait upon the Lord and trust upon him. So, as the ushers get ready to come tonight, uh, we're going to take our uh, Wednesday night tithes and offering. Y'all can go ahead and come. Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to be able to give to you tonight, God. Lord I pray that you would take this money that's donated to you tonight Lord The ones that's given tonight I pray that you would bless them Lord I pray that you would bless those that do not have to give tonight God Lord I pray for, I pray for a complete anointing upon brother Dicky tonight God as he brings your word tonight God I just pray that you would remove that flesh from him tonight God stir up a spiritual gift inside of him tonight in Jesus name I
3: keep falling in love. over
2: and over again he gets sweeter and sweeter as the day
1: That song, but we sure didn't want to drag it out. Fast, we didn't get to, to practice today because sister was up here doing strawberries.
3: You want to go up one key. Uh, whatever you
1: want. Go ahead. What?
2: Go ahead. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep
3: falling in love with him over again.
1: And preaching. Used to when we sang all the time, it was easy to fall into it. We've already adjusted two or three times lower keys and then higher keys and no keys. And I told ourselves if it gets too bad, we'll just go a cappella. So I guess we wasn't too bad. We never did go a cappella, but we was getting close to it. <laughs> I know that there are a lot that worked doing the strawberries today and Lord bless all of you who volunteered and helped, Sister Joanne, Sister Dot, several others that were there. Those were the two that I heard Sister Dickie mentioning that had been through the very start of it, but you know, God is good, and I remember doing it myself, doing these fundraisers and doing the nachos and doing the meals after church to raise money to help our young people go to these conferences, and it's so important, and I do appreciate our young people, I I enjoy the service and them worshiping and leading us in worship, I appreciate our youth pastor and his wife and what they do for our young people, and I'm just thankful to God that we have a church that sees the need for young people because they're the future of tomorrow, amen. Praise the Lord. I hope you got your strawberries. I bought my wife half a box and she bought me a half a box, and boy, it was good I had one before I came tonight. I had a message come to me just about three or four weeks ago, and it was um it was a message that was very serious, a changing message, and I couldn't decide to preach it tonight and I decided not to and now I'm thinking I may have missed it so I hope that you will enjoy what the Lord has put in my heart this is Valentine's Day is it not how many of you have a sweetheart how many of you don't have a sweetheart somebody reach over and be sweet to them I got Jesus and that's enough you know that old song that's enough he has been so good to me and you know there were many times as a young person that he was all i had i had family but i did not feel close i didn't feel uh like anybody really cared at times but always in my relationship god has been so close to me and so good and has treated me so wonderful i just love him so much tonight when i think about this night i am thankful that i have a sweetheart I can't remember how many years standing here but i think it's hitting 44 or maybe 45 but we're getting on up there and that's why i can't remember but i am so thankful for my wife and uh, the help that she gives in the ministry and in the home our family she's a good grandmother and a good mother and a good wife and i appreciate her i'm thankful for my daughter-in-law stephanie And she's a good mother, and I was just thinking about it today. Them kids took some roses to their mama and was giving her roses. And I was thinking how wonderful it is to have a Christian daughter-in-law, someone who knows how to pray and live the life. And uh, she's been so good to my wife and I in helping us and encouraging us and meeting uh, spiritual needs with us and praying with us. And it's just wonderful when you can come together and call on the name of the Lord together in your household and believe And I enjoy my little granddaughters and Caden. Caden doesn't play church anymore, but the girls still do. They still like to have a good time playing church and worshiping God, and I get excited about it. I want to speak to you tonight uh, from the Scripture. And there's so many Scriptures on the love of God. And, of course, it is Valentine's Day, and I just want to speak to you about the love of God. How many of you know that you're loved tonight? I mean, seriously, do you know that you are loved? There are so many things that happen in and around our life I really wanted to tag Job but uh, Brother Brad uh, preached on it so eloquently and so beautifully just a few weeks ago that I uh, didn't feel that I needed to hit that again or ring that bell again but uh, sometimes I think as a child of God, we maybe have things happen in our life and we get to dragging just a little bit. We get to feeling like, well, I don't have a sweetheart or I don't have family or I don't have someone that cares about me. Or God, why did you let me go through this or why did you let that happen? And I just want to reiterate tonight that we have a God who loves us. Amen. He is a God who really cares. In First John 4 and 7, the Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8 says, For he that loveth not God, I'm sorry, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So understanding simply that God is all about love. He's a, he's a God who cares. He's a God who gave himself for us. He's a God that's there. But at times in our life, it just feels like that, God, where are you? Anybody felt that way before. God, where are you in my life? Where are you in this relationship? And yet we come and we join together and we feel the spirit of God moving and uh, God does move and he does touch us. But there are lonely hours. And I I can certainly say since I have retired and I went through a few years there uh, after retirement, several months in particular, that I stayed in the bed a lot. I was uh, very uh, bedridden and sick and uh, had to get my body back in order after uh, having suffered a stroke and having had hip replacement and gallbladder surgery and just all those things that come to you when you start getting older. And I, I laid there at home and in the bed many hours and days, and I, I got just a little discouraged at times because, you know, People are so busy; they don't come, they don't call, and they don't visit. Is that what the elders say uh, to their children and to their grandchildren? And I got to feeling just that way, even though uh, my grandkids was in and out, and the wife was there, and whatever. It got to feeling like at times that I was in this thing sometimes alone, or or God, you know, I've missed the mark, and why did this have to happen? I was a young man when I retired, or when I took disability, and uh, I was uh, I hadn't preached in several years. This time last year, God uh, woke me up in the middle of the morning, and Uh, I felt a touch in my body, in my leg, and I I felt it had been numb for about four years, and I felt the Shekinah glory of God, that overshadowing uh, uh, train of God that just covers you and overshadows you, and I felt him run through my body, and I began to move my toes for the first time in about four or five years, and I thought, man, that, that's awesome. God God is healing me. After five years of having paralysis in that leg and that drop foot, God is touching me and He's healing my body. And, uh, you know, I'd prayed to in a time about it, but they'd said, well, you'll never probably get that feeling back in your leg again and you'll just have to live with it. But I began to feel that healing and that that uh, touch and, and I knew that I was feeling uh, things in my body that I had not felt before. And it was just a few days after that that Brother Meyer called me he said, Brother Dickie, I want to know if you feel like preaching, I'm going to have to be out and I said, man, I, I just... Got a touch from God, and He gave me a message. And yes, I'd love to speak. I want to tell you, it's an honor to come to this house, Amen. It's an honor to get to speak to you folks and those that are uh, watching online tonight. I, I know that myself for several months there, I enjoyed being able to be in the service. It wasn't like just being here, but it sure was the next best thing. And I remember many times feeling the power of the Holy Ghost uh, as He would move through the service, it moved through my home and moved through my body, and I appreciated having that. Today we are. Are leaning upon that more than we ever have before. And I do understand more than ever before the sickness and the weakness and the that nobody respects the Sunday or Wednesday or whatever anymore uh, in the workforce. And so many of us have to work and labor uh, instead of being able to take off and go to the house of God. I remember a time when you didn't work on Sunday and I remember a time when you didn't buy things on Sunday. And I remember a different time to when the people took out for the worship and for going to the house of God. And now we all find it a a little bit harder to get to the house of god or or to get people to come to the house of the lord but the bible forewarned a long time ago that there would come a falling away and i remember seeing the church houses filled for years i was raised in church and i remember seeing every sunday every wednesday the house just completely full and i i even studying prophecy i think lord how would it be that people that are so dedicated and consecrated to you would begin to fall off and and not have time for church or, or not so much time wouldn't want to come to the house of God, and now it is more a thing that we don't have time. We are so busy, and this life is pretty well complicated that people are not able to make it to the house of the Lord. And I do understand that more than I ever have before. I understand that we get sick and weaken our bodies, and we're not able to make it to the house of the Lord. But I want to tell you, when I get to feeling good, I, I've been out uh, just over the last three weeks. I've been able to be the house of the Lord. But from Christmas until about four or five weeks after, I suffered with uh, a terrible cold and sinus problems and. I didn't get to get up or get out. I didn't even feel like going out of the house. I just sat in the house for about four or five weeks. And I kept thinking, Lord, why am I having to go through this? Sister Dickie, she just flew through it in two weeks. She's welling up and going back to ladies' prayer meeting and to church. And I'd feel so bad when she'd get up and go. And I'd be there and I'd think, God, what is the grandchildren thinking about it? What's Stephanie thinking about it? You know, I need to be up and going to the house. But my body just didn't want to get up and go. It just was so weak and I was so sick. And I got to feeling just a little bit of pity for myself. And uh, then I remember. I remember the love and the power of God. And I began to pray like I had never prayed before that the Lord would touch me. But I had been through some things the, the last couple of months and probably you know, but I want to just sort of give you a little outline of what can happen, because I want you to understand God loves us. If anybody is loved, I'm loved. God loves me. I know that. i felt it. I've been taught that all my life. I was taught by a godly mom and dad. I was raised in the ministry. My dad was a minister. I, I went to church every Sunday morning, every Wednesday, every revival. We used to have those one, two, three week revivals, and I went to those. We didn't even question getting them going to the house of God. It's just when it was Wednesday, you took your bath, you got ready, you got dressed, you went to the house of God. When it was Sunday, you got up, you went to Sunday school you had uh, Sunday school then you had preaching and uh, then you went back again Sunday night I just knew to get up and go but uh, you know I I got to to the place where I was not able and I I just felt so bad about it that I couldn't go to the house of God and it made me miserable and I got to thinking "This, this is not the way that God really wants it to be I do know that when we get older that sometimes our body gets afflicted and we can't go but sometimes simply the enemy just wants you to think that you're not loved and he just wants to attack your body the bible says that the lion, the devil as a roaring lion goeth about seeking those whom he may devour he's going to come to kill steal and destroy and he'll pick people out and single them out and he'll get them alone and he'll attack their minds and attack their body and attack their family and just a few months ago most of you know um, should probably all of you that Jonathan, uh, we had been fasting and praying for him and several in our family and uh, uh, Stephanie and Sister Dickie and myself had felt the need to begin to fast and pray and man I, I won't tell you, I felt the power and the anointing, I had the ability to fast longer than I have ever fasted before and God was there and I remember even saying Jesus, I just began to speak in tongues. For days, I, I, anything I would mention about God or his love or revival and mercy, I just began to weep and speak in tongues and I, I told uh, some people that was working on Stephanie's house, thank the Lord, they're Christians and uh, one of the men is a minister and I told him, I said, I- I'm sorry but, but my my spirit is so tender within me because God is touching me and loving me and, and speaking to me and I had no idea that God was preparing me, Brother Jerry for what I was about to go through but I had fasted and prayed and I felt way up here with God and I would just mention his love and his mercy and just begin to weep and cry and just speak in tongues and it was almost embarrassing because everywhere I went anybody that talked to me about the Lord and being a minister they're naturally going to bring up the Lord. I would begin to just weep and and I would begin to speak in tongues and I'd I'd say I'm so sorry you know that uh, I'm not uh, sorry for the power of God but I'm sorry that you know I'm so emotional but this is just the way I feel and we were sitting there one night when Brother Meyer called and told us that he had heard that there had been a terrible accident in our family and we didn't even know about it and it was just down the street from us. We didn't hear the helicopter. We didn't hear the ambulance we didn't hear anything that uh that jonathan had been in a serious wreck and uh was at the point of death and when we finally found out a couple of hours later and uh, uh sister Geraldine's uh, son-in-law he called me and he's a paramedic and he said brother dickie here's what's happening this is what we know and it was very serious i want to tell you my my knees got real weak and and uh, like job I, I really felt like lord i don't know if i can stand because the, the word was not good and uh, i didn't know if he'd be alive i didn't even know if he was alive and i didn't even know where he was or what uh, what we was facing. I, I couldn't even, I told the, uh, Stephanie, she said, I'll, I'll drive you. I said, honey, I don't even think I can get in the car right now. I don't think I can make it. All I know is I need right now just to pray. And we did. We fell down in our places of prayer. We all began to pray that God, we can't be there. We don't know where to go. We don't know where he is, but we're going to pray and believe. We began to just pray and God moved. And I, I remember the kids saying, what's wrong with Papa? What's wrong with me? Why, why are they crying like that? When I pray, I sort of wail. I sort of we and I sort of cry. And I, I'm like my mom a lot. She used to just scream out and cry. But when I'm in trouble, I, I cry out. Uh, I call upon my God. I call upon the one that I know is able to deliver me. I'm not ashamed to call upon Jesus uh, when I'm in need. Because you see, I know that my God loves me. I was raised in a home with a mom and dad that loved us. My dad sacrificed. Uh, he had six children. And he uh, was a disabled veteran. And he had his arm shot off at a young age. At 20-something years of age, he came back here and raised his family preached the gospel for years and uh, hauled hay he uh, would load up a truck and he worked so hard and my mama did the same thing she had six kids she'd clean the house and cook three meals a day and you know that's back when you didn't have a dishwasher and you had tile floors and she believed you had to get down and take a brush and and scrub each little tile I learned how to do that at a young age uh, and uh, clean every day you you swept that floor every day you mopped it you had to with that many kids and I I, but I found uh, I had that a mother and a dad that loved me when I laid down at night I I felt safe and secure because i knew my mom and dad were going to be there when i woke up in the morning i knew if anything happened in the night that mom and dad would be there to lead me and guide me and protect me and i want to tell you it developed a relationship with me for my god because i learned that my god was the same god a heavenly father that loved and cared for me and he would be there in my hour of affliction he'd be there in my hour of sickness he'd be there in my hour of need i never doubted the love of my parents I never doubted the love of my God. I want to tell you, I grew up in a church where when the altar service was called, and this was a little Baptist church, people would come down to the altar and they'd begin to weep and cry and praise the Lord. I remember my dad going down and praying with people and and the power of God would move. I remember at eight years of age I went down and I told my daddy, I said, Daddy, I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. I had a fear of going to hell. I didn't want to go where those wicked people were going to go. I wanted to go to heaven and be with my God. I, I remember him sort of chuckling and smiling. He said, baby, just, just raise your hands and pray this prayer. Let's pray together that the Lord will save it." He began to pray with me, and I felt the, the power of God so strong in my life. I shook from head to toe. I began to weep and cry. I, I remember after about an hour, I walked out of the service. I was just so drunk in the spirit and got out the back door. I'm talking about Baptist, friend. I'm not talking about Pentecostals. Uh, and, and I was so drunk in the spirit, and people were shouting because the pastor's son was getting saved, and it was a glorious time. People were happy, uh, and they loved the Lord, uh, and they came to the house of God. Uh, we had a great time in that house, uh, and I learned that kind of relationship. I, I had those kind of friends and, and, and the people in my church that I grew up in that really love God. I'm so glad that you love God here tonight. Uh, I'm glad that when I call on the Lord, uh, uh, and I, I know I'm not in it by myself, I can send a message to Sister Don, or I can tell my wife, and I know that when that prayer goes out in just a little while, Sister Sharon, I'm going to begin to feel okay. I know everything's going to be alright, because I got a God that loves me, but I got a church full of God's children that love me as well. I want you to understand tonight, friend, God loves you, and you need this church, and you need your brother and your sister. You need this kind of relationship. You don't need to doubt it. Don't you let the devil come in and try to separate you from this love or your friends. I don't know anybody that I don't like. I don't know anybody that I hate or that I want to go to hell. There's a few people that I don't care a whole lot for, but I love them. I don't want them to go to hell. There's just a few people, and I can't really think of anybody right now, but I'm sure there's been a few along the way, but I just never gave myself over to feeling that way about people. I just want to love because I don't want nobody to go to hell. I don't want nobody to not know my Jesus, and I want everybody to be saved and be filled with the Spirit. Oh, I'm not perfect. I, I, my wife will tell you that. I have my days and my times and my hours when I struggle with this whole flesh, but I'm telling you, I know without a shadow of a doubt that my God loves me. When I lay my head down on my pillow at night, I know if I die in the night, I'm going to be with Jesus. I've come close a couple of times. I had a stroke, and they told my wife I wouldn't live through the night. And if I did, i would be a vegetable. And if I did come out of it any at all, I'd be in a nursing home for months, years, maybe. They had no idea. Man, I I remember that. I I remember hearing them say that. And I told my wife as best I could. I I couldn't hardly talk. I was blind for several days and couldn't see. And I I got her over there to me and I said, honey, don't you dare let them hook me up to no life support. She said, I won't. I didn't have nothing signed. I didn't have nothing that could keep them from doing it. But I just knew they didn't want to mess with her. I was ready to go. Lord, if this is my time, I've had this massive stroke. It's affected me. I can't see. I I can't think good. Uh, uh, I'm hurting. I was in severe pain. My brain was swelling. They was going to drill a hole in my head and and let uh, the pressure off. I told her, I said, ain't nobody going to drill my head, honey. Tell them, no, just let me go on. Just give me something to get me out of the pain, but I'm not going to let them drill no hole in this head. There ain't enough sense up there as it is. I don't want to messing around with it or missing something and causing it to come all out at one time. Amen. But I want to tell you, my God moved within just a few hours, within just a few days, uh, and you heard the story before. But Sister uh, Bale, Sister Bill, uh Denise Bill, uh, she sent a message one Sunday morning. She said, "Brother Dick, I'm in the I'm in the kitchen. Uh, this is why you need your church and church people." She said, "I'm in the kitchen getting ready for church, but Brother Dick, I just feel like singing to you. I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain." She said, "I don't have any music. My voice is not very strong anymore." But she said, "I'm gonna sing." She started singing that song. I want to tell you, it wasn't the best I'd ever heard her sing. Uh, she was right. It was early morning. There's just a few. It was just a little scratchy, but I'll tell you so I never heard anybody sing any more anointed uh, than she did that day. Uh, all of a sudden, I began to feel the power of God. Uh, there was little hills and bluffs all around my hospital. I could look out the window, and, and I began to think about the, the mountain and climbing up it. And Then I began to think about, I will look unto the hills. From whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord. Uh, I knew my God loved me. Uh, I knew I was ready to go. Uh, I knew if he wanted me, I was ready to go. Uh, but if he wasn't, I was ready to say that for my wife and my grandkids. I just had little uh, Amberland born and what a beautiful little girl she was and Stephanie had brought her up there. to see me. I didn't want to go until he was ready for me but I was ready uh, and I looked out over those hills and those bluffs uh, and the power of God began to rush through me brother Jeremy and oh all of a sudden I felt the Shekinah tingling glory of God. I, I just began to shake. It wasn't hard having had that massive stroke. I, I began to shake from head to toe. I threw my feet over the side of the bed for the first time moving that leg. Uh, I sat up on the edge of my bed my wife sat up and we was weeping and crying uh, and I was thinking God uh, you're able to help me just in a few days I walked out of that hospital uh, and they drove me home why because my God he's a miracle working God Uh, he loves you tonight somebody say he loves me Uh, he is a miracle working God who's able to work for your behalf oh I wished he loved me that much just a few months ago I told you John we got the word that he probably was, well, what we'd heard is that there'd been a massive wreck and the man had died. And that was true of the wreck that had happened just up from him. I didn't scream. I didn't holler. We didn't, we didn't say, oh, God, why? What, what are you doing? Why, why did it? we just begin to pray? God, you know. Sister Sharon, you know that, don't you? God, you know no matter what we're facing. If it's that way, we have to accept your will. But nevertheless, not my will, but God, thine be done. I I can't tell you the weeks that I sat up there just having had hip surgery. I sat day and night for several days and nights and talked with my son and talked to him about the Lord and him talked to me about what the Lord had told him weeks before that and and uh, what a great, best I told him it's the best time we've ever had as father and son because we was on the same page talking about my God I'm talking about a God who loves you tonight I want to tell you that uh, he got up and things did happen and change and then the old devil just stepped in and just did some things and I won't get into that but I want to tell you it like to broke my heart, it like to have just took everything out of me and my wife and my my daughter-in-law, we we walked around like zombies. Uh, not that di- God didn't love us, and not that, the, but that Satan had once again come in and stuck his old ugly head in our family and tried to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, it made me madder and more determined to fast and pray than I had ever fasted and prayed before because he was trying to destroy. Uh, he was trying to kill. Uh, oh, tell Sister Susie, God is able tonight. Uh, he is able if you just call upon Him uh, and believe. No matter what you're facing, do you hear me tonight? Uh, no matter what you're looking. At. my god is able to take care of you to help you john had been working on our old house that stephanie had purchased and they were completely putting new everything turning it completely around flip-flopping it, new plumbing new electrical new everything ripped it all apart took the walls out put them in again and all of a sudden the remodeling stopped just like that because he was the lead person on the job and he wasn't there to tell them what to do Lord, I'd had them in my house for five months. <laughs> Her and them three kids of hers. It's a good thing she's a good girl because I don't know that anybody else could have lived with me other than my wife. We only had one little bump one time, and she forgave me. <laughs> and my wife was gone, actually, because she would have controlled me. That hurt me so bad devil hates you and then he didn't stop there we got that house to go on again we got boxes of cabinets we started putting them together and throwing them boxes out the back door about 20 or 30 of them and I thought well I'll just burn them that's a good idea because I'd burnt out there for years 20 something years we've been living out there just burn the trash and just never any problem boy I set those boxes on fire and forgot what my name was Turned my back for two seconds and looked out, and the whole back pasture was on fire. I hadn't been able to mow it because I'd had that hip surgery, so it was about knee high. And it said, Whoosh. Well, I couldn't run because I got these funny legs. I thought about running up here on this platform like Brother Mike. It just thrills me today when he runs up here like that. <laughs> Connie told me I better not do it. She'll get her camera out. But <laughs> well, sometimes I'm running with him, hop up on that pew, you know. It's in here, but it ain't there. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I used to run in the Spirit, run in the church. I remember one time as a young man, I'd just gotten in the church, and Sister Vicki, there was a tall lady like you, godly lady, loved her dearly. Spirit of God hit me, and Brother Jerry, I screamed out back like you. I like you. I like that word. It's just the power of God. All over me and in the house. I took out running off that second pew in that church. I started running. I was a little Baptist boy. What was I doing? I got down on this side over here and I thought, my Lord, there's 200 and something people in this church. It was packed out. It was Sunday night. I thought, what in the world are you doing running around this? What are you going to do? I didn't know what I was doing. It just hit me. I didn't. I just took off running and I got so excited. I was so excited about the love of God that he had forgiven me and saved me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. Something I never even knew could be. I spoke in tongues, and I shouted, and I praised God, and I took off running. And about the time I got around that corner, I, uh-oh, here comes sister. She was taller than me. I said, Vicki, I'm not talking about that about you. I'm just talking about she's a taller, precious lady. And when I looked back, I thought, Lord, she's going to run me down. Because at that time, I was one little skinny boy. I weighed probably 120, 30, just a little bitty guy. That's a long time ago. And i thought what am i going to do because the pews was all packed i didn't see no place clear all i knew to do is i had enough room to just keep running i took off running with all my might. she was coming in and her legs were twice as long as mine and i had a little short legs anyhow and i she was coming in i got about got scared to death then she let out a war whoop, and i wasn't used to it you want to talk about hairdo Whew. it like scared me to death but luckily, after the second time, she slowed down and I got back in my pew and I stood there just shaking. <laughs> the power of God, the worship of God's people. How hungry are you tonight, saying to God? I want to tell you something. My wife has gotten to be friends with Chris, what we call her, Sister Chris. And y'all don't know her story probably you may not have had time to find out and she's a very private quiet person but she's gotten real close to my wife and even to me just so sweet just so encouraging and to get out here and worship you don't know how much how hard that is on a bashful person on a quiet person are you with me anybody know what i'm talking about you're not used to worshiping that way and yet the lord says do it and she's just out here worshiping and i'm thinking lord if i wouldn't trip over them i used to wouldn't even come to the altar for the last several months year or two because i kept getting afraid that this hip was going to give out and i'd fall and i would get dizzy and i I was afraid to even come up because i was afraid some of y'all would knock me over that's the truth and then god healed me and i got my surgery and i got feeling better and i wasn't so dizzy and man i like getting out here one day i think the lord's gonna just touch me good and i may take off running (laughs) we're gonna have church can you imagine what would happen Brother Cody, if you just jumped up and started shouting and praising the Lord, I wanted to be God. I wouldn't want it to be in the flesh. That doesn't do anything for anybody. But I'm talking about when you just really felt, God, I, I've got to worship you. Have you ever loved somebody so much you just had to tell them, I love you? Ooh, them little granddaughters of mine, I just got to tell them. I'll tell them sometimes, get over here to Papa. Just stop right now. Come, look me in the eye. Oh, Papa, get over here. Get up here. I'll take them, I'll pull them in. i just squeeze them, kiss their little head and their little face, and they're like, it's enough. I know some of you know what I'm talking about. That's the kind of God we've got too. He loves you so much. You may be going through things. Next thing I knew, that grass was on fire. It burnt so fast. I told the boy that was working for him, I said, go get my lawn mower. I'll, I'll mow down what i can because it was there was enough clearance so i thought if i could because i'd seen them do it with the tractors and i had one of them pretty little zero turns paid a pretty good penny for it and and i said go get it bring it over here and i'll hop on it and you try and put it out because he still had good walking ability and he's throwing tin on it and paper on it, and was trying to get water to it and i'd had a water hose out there but it got it out of control and so he went and got my lawnmower and brought it over there to me i hopped on that thing man i was I was circling it out. I I was putting that fire out, blowing it back against itself. It was going out just like that. And I got all of it, but this much, Brother Jerry. (laughs) Man, I was excited because I was scared to death. The barn had done caught on fire, and I was hollering at him, just let it burn. Because Stephanie done told me, she said, she bought the old place that we had. She said, I want that mess torn down. It was an old tacky barn. She said, I want that torn down. Well, it's down. (laughs) It burnt to the ground within about 15 minutes. And just about the time I had that fire put out, now listen to me, just about the time I had it conquered, I ran out of gas. $5,000 a little more. Sitting right there and the fire decided to pick back up and burn all around it. And all I could think of is, oh, if my wife finds out what I have done. Mm-mm. 500, 5, 000, we, 500 used to be a stretch. But I decided I needed something out there on all those acres that would help me to get through instead of spending eight, nine hours mowing it. takes me two hours to mow it out there now. And I'm about to burn it up. I hopped off of that thing, and I started stomping that stuff out. Listen to I was Stomping it out. And, just, and these feet don't work too good. And the other guy was beating it out and throwing tin on it. And I picked up tin through on it. And it just went off again and burnt my hands, both hands, fingers just fried them from that hot tin. I fell down. That grass caught my feet. Threw me. I'm not saying I fell flat hard like that. You know, when you're this big, you you feel it. I felt it. Firemen had got there by then. I I know all of my people out there in my neighborhood now. Everybody in the world, even the county commissioner, showed up for my fire. (laughs) Well, what happened? (laughs) I knew better than to do it. It wasn't the wind blowing or nothing. It just got out of control, and I wasn't paying attention. So I started stomping it. He let me stomp. I went back at it. We had to get it out. I, my woods was fixing to catch her. Stephanie's woods, her place almost burnt down. Not mine. It's hers now. <laughs> but I still wanted to put it out. Says, Geraldine, I was just a stomp in that. <laughs> Fell again. Like that knocked me crazy. About knocked the wind out of me. I, I got to get up and get it out. God, uh, He helped me up. I saw him because he wasn't a whole lot bigger than me. <laughs> Got me up. I started again. You know what happened? I fell again. About that time he looked at me and said, Sir, I think you would probably be better if you're going over there and let us put this out. I said, okay. Thank the Lord the lawnmower didn't burn up. But man, did I make a mess of that place. I'm so glad it's greening up again because every time I'd look out the window and see that brown out there and that black and that little stick post that was just left, I'm glad they finally got it down. Just about hurt me, but yet I thought, you know, because God loves me. Four or three times I fell. By the end of the week, I fell again. Now, that time about killed me. Now, you think four times in one week. Just had hip surgery just a few months before. wasn't supposed to do anything like that fell again it about killed me and I thought well Lord what are you trying to tell me I guess I'm gonna have to slow down but I don't want to I'm, I'm ready to get up and go and the devil's like yeah boy things have happened your son got hurt burnt the barn down You fell several times now you got your body sick and hurt about that time two weeks later I took that terrible cold and for several weeks there I was sick with that old thing. Couldn't even breathe at night. I had that little breathing machine you put on your nose. My nose was so stopped up I'd have to take it off. I sat up for night after night thinking, Lord, why won't you heal me? My sister got well and got up and went on. She has worse lung condition than I do. I don't even have a lung condition. And here I am. So I, why? I almost burned up my lawnmower. Oh, I burned up the barn. Everything was, everything was coming against me day after day after day. The devil just kept hitting me. But I remembered God loves me. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm saying this tonight because God loves you. And no matter what is coming your way, no matter what the enemy brings in, just like with Job, God said, Have you considered my servant? Now, I don't think I'm as good as Job. And I don't think that's what, but I think that the devil hates me getting up and getting going again, just like he hates you getting up and going. He doesn't want you to do anything for God. He doesn't want you to go anywhere for God. He doesn't want you testifying and witnessing and calling people and visit them. Oh, that's why he brought on that old COVID stuff to shut the church down and to shut the nursing homes down and to shut the family down where we can't even get together comfortably at Christmas or holidays or whatever. He just tried to make everybody miserable. Then we finally got over it and said, well, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. And it was bad there at first. Uh, and, and we suffered loss. A lot of us did suffer loss and there was friends and family that passed away during that time. It was a difficult time and Satan was roaring uh, like a lion seeking whom he could destroy because he hates the church uh, but God knew the hour was coming quickly. Uh, God knew that his time uh, to come and rapture this church was getting closer uh, and closer but the devil did too uh, and the devil has been roaring uh, and he's been fighting. Uh, he's been fighting you. He's been fighting me. I can't even think of the other things uh, There was a whole list of things that happened, one right after another. Uh, It it was almost unbelievable what had come my way. And yet in all that, uh, thank God I had been fasting. Uh, My faith stood stronger than it had ever stood before. I was believing my God, uh, and I felt like just like Job, even though my God uh, might turn his back on me, yet I praise the name of the Lord because I know that he's going to bring me out one way or another. Uh, I know that the end of this is going to be better uh, than what it was in the beginning. I believe that. Uh, I believe that you and I are living in the... The last towers, uh, and we are about to have a move of God in our homes and with our children. Uh, I know some of you suffer like I do with your children, uh, and you uh, don't have them in the house of the Lord, or they may not be just doing right, uh, but I want to tell you, last week the Lord told me, like Job, uh, pray for them. Uh, oh, get out and pray and believe the Lord, uh, and say, Lord, uh, uh, they may be doing evil right now, they may be doing wicked right now, but I'm going to pray for them that they'll have revival, uh, and something good will happen to them. I have decided not to get discouraged uh, over the way the enemy is coming against me, but I'm holding on to Jesus. And pray. Why? Because my God loves me. Uh, oh, don't you know tonight that God loves you uh, and He cares for you uh, and He wants to do great and wonderful things for you. Uh, the Bible says uh, herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us uh, and sent His Son Jesus uh, uh, to be the propitiation or the sacrifice uh, for our sins uh, that we might be born again, that we might have new life, uh, that we might be in Him. That's what our God did because God loved us so much. In 1 John 2 and 15 it says, love not the world, neither the things of the world that are in this world. Any man that loveth the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And yet the Bible says God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten. What do you mean? Don't love the world and yet God loved the world. You got to understand the meaning of the two scriptures here. What He's talking about is don't get caught up in the things of this life that you love them more than you love your God. That you get hold of this life and you enjoy it more than you do the things of God I'm concerned today about the hour that we're living in uh, that people are so wrapped up in the things of this world that they no longer love God like they used to Brother Jackie and I were talking I I was in a uh, Pentecostal church different than our religion and I don't want to drag that out but I'll just simply say we used to tarry around the altars till 10.30 and 11 o'clock and people would pray through and get the Holy Ghost uh, at the end of it. Uh, what's the difference today? Uh, it is a different day and hour. Uh, it is a different... But back then we were so hungry for the move of God that our people would not leave the church house uh, until they got people prayed through to the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. The old church used to do... Used to... Now, I'm just as guilty. I'm not preaching you and preaching that used to uh, you couldn't come by that prayer room on Sunday morning Sunday night or Wednesday uh, that people wasn't in there praying uh, and believing God i want to ask you something uh, and I'm talking to me tonight uh, the elders are passing on before Sister Lay uh, and they're going on to be with the Lord who's going to pick up uh, uh, the place uh, who's going to be the one that prays the prayer of faith uh, who's going to be the one that prays the anointing down uh, oh the Bible tells us that when uh, the saints begin to tarry and fast and pray souls will be born into the kingdom of heaven uh, I've got to get back. I've got to get hungry again. It's going to be right in me to get up and get hungry and begin to fast and pray again for the moving of God. God loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever. How many of you believe in Jesus? Amen. I told my wife just this week, I said, if God hadn't showed us Brother Jerry this truth, I don't I don't think I could have made If I hadn't had you, the saints of God who knew how to call on Jesus, if I hadn't had the full truth when these things begin to happen to me, I think I would have just laid down and gave up. And I hadn't even told you half of what happened in the last few months, how the devil has attacked. He's attacked you and your home and your children and your grandchildren, and he hates you. But you know what? I know that you tonight... Those that are watching that, you love God. Amen. I feel that. You love God. The devil hates you and he wants to destroy you. Brother Charles over there, Sister Nail, if anybody ever blessed me, it would be Brother Fleming praying. I'd love to hear that man pray. he just touch God. Just look, he's suffering with cancer and has to be, and he can't hardly talk above a whisper. And he don't always get the best answer, and yet God blesses him and helps him, and yet he just keeps holding on. Sister Nell has been through a lot. of She's still holding on to God. We're talking about Ma, her mother. I, I call her Ma because that's all I ever know her by. But but she is holding on to God at 90-something years of age. She don't even know where she is. Sister Billy and I, I, I was praying for her and Sister Deacon. I was praying there. She is, and sometimes she don't even know what day it is. And I think about Sister Williams and several of these elders that. are and I'm saying, Lord, uh, I don't understand why, Brother Jerry, that they're, they're here that they're having to go through that. It's good uh, and it's great. If anybody uh, was a visitor, it was Sister Billy Bolton. Now, she'd go to the nursing home several times a week, several hours a day. She'd sing to them. Uh, she'd pray with them. She'd she'd come see me. I was a minister. She'd come to see us when we first moved in. She'd leave groceries on our door and she'd talk to us and encourage us and well, I, I want to tell you, I, I want to get a hold of some of that stuff. I, I want to get that kind of touch and anointing where I moved with love and compassion from my brothers and sisters God so loved me because he wants me to turn around and love you amen. amen God wants you to love your brothers and your sisters it just thrills me to love you and do things sister Cynthia I saw what you brought somebody here tonight and I I told that person I said that is sweet just because you love it's love nothing and I'm not wanting you praise it's just I love tonight I love my God and I want you to know, and, and I just want you to know that I love and care for you. Brother Cody, I've been praying for you this week, God touching, and moving and you. know. oh devil hates you. That's what the Lord kept the devil hates Cody. That means God really loves you. Brother Jimmy, you know the devil fought you, brother, brother, he has fought you, Charlie, you know how the devil has fought you, and yet every time you just keep rising back up, don't you? You just keep getting back up, and every time you just get a little bit stronger and a little bit better. Amen. I like those times we talk. Amen. I, I like those times that, that we know, but loving one another, caring for one another, sharing with one another. Brother Jackie, it's not a button. I'm about to quit. Brother Jackie told me, make sure that I didn't have a button in my mouth instead of a uh, mint, because a mint will melt, and that's a time to quit preaching. <laughs> and if it's a button, I won't know when to quit. Just about through He wants you and me to love one another. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us when we love one another. Sister Jane, you know that I love you, and I love all you elders. And I pick her out because I worked with her daughter for several years there at the cancer center, and I'd tell Carolyn, I'd say, Carolyn, it's time to call you mama. (laughs) We'd be having a hard day at the cancer center. You don't you don't know pressure till you deal with that situation. And I knew God placed me right there, Sister Leah, because I got to deal with so many precious people that would come through that were going through that. And just the prayer just a few minutes right before I gave them their appointment. Said, Let me pray with you. Let me tell you, but, gee, I'm going. I want you to know my church is going to be praying for you. God knows where to put you that you can love other people. Don't let the devil shut you up and shut you out and keep you at home and keep you away from home. You got a lot to give for God because God loves you and God is in you and God dwells in you. And he wants you out there shining for him. He wants you out there loving for him. And yet there are times, Sister Connie, when he will pull us alone beside the still waters. And He'll cause us to rest there for a while, uh, and He'll allow us to go through things, uh, and we'll suffer maybe for a while. Uh, but I want to tell you something: He's still God. I don't understand why, at 50-something years of age, I had a massive stroke. I've been healthy all my life, and that stroke hit me and slowed me down. He made me have to take early retirement. I still get mad when I think about it. Uh, that the devil that But I'm back up again because I know a God who's able to lift you back up. Uh, whatever you're facing tonight, whatever you're going through, if God pulls you to the side to rest for a spell rest for a moment. Get your strength for a moment. Get renewed for a moment. Speak in tongues. Worship God. Fast through whatever you got to do. But it'll be time to get back up very shortly and go for it because God wants you to love those that are unloved. But I begin to think about the children that suffer from moms and dads that don't love them or people that don't treat them like I, I can't even hardly sleep. It just tears me apart to think that any baby should have to suffer not knowing that they're loved or cared for. Amen. It, it really makes me get up and pray many a time when I think that one of the brothers or the sisters or somebody associated with the church thinks that the church doesn't love them or God doesn't love them. It keeps me up. I'll lay down and the other night I lay down and the Lord began to speak to me and Brother Jeremy. I, it's hard to get this old self back up. I got up, got my pen and my paper, and the Holy Ghost began to lead me. I'll share it sometime when the Lord is ready or I'm ready. Begin to write some things that the Lord showed me for end time. We are right at the end time. Don't you give up now. All this time you've waited and looked and lived for the Lord. Don't quit now. If there's ever been a time to get up and get going again, it's right now. And God wants you to love, uh, and the love is made perfect in that he is loving through you, uh, and you are loving others, uh, because that's just the way our God is. Uh, He said in John 15 and 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have also loved you. Uh, I'll tell you something, we don't have time to hate one another. Uh, We don't have time to talk about one another. Uh, We don't have time to to not have good feelings about people. Oh, let it go. Uh, Like, brother the Meyer says, uh, You're dragging that thing around with you. Uh, you're the one that's suffering for Let it go. Let it go. Uh, and let God, uh, and let God move through you uh, and begin to. You'll find greater love than you've ever found before when you can love that kind of love. Uh, when you can forgive people who have mistreated you or abused you. Uh, oh, it's easy to love people that are good to you uh, and give you uh, good things and treat you good and, and smile at you. But well, that old person that maybe has hurt your feelings or maybe bumped you in the hallway or, or did some little something to hurt you give it up don't let them people hold you down they may be going through things you don't even know of and they're suffering and they need you to put an arm around them and say honey I'm praying for you I'm believing for you they may look down and mad and discouraged but don't let that person go until you have prayed for them and believed for them and lifted them up that's what God wants us to do and when we get all of this done and get ready the trumpet's going to sound and the Lord's going to come come on the Bible says, give none offense. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 32, he says, give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. God's church, don't give offense to it. I, I I don't want to offend the church. I don't want to offend anybody. I want to be of a mind to have the love and the care and concern that God would want us to have. Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 3 said, giving no offense in anything, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't go there no more. I I don't hang around them no more because so-and-so in their church just hurt my feelings. I know this church well enough that if we really thought we had hurt somebody, we wouldn't let time get by until we would try to If you don't, you're not right with God yourself. Amen. The devil's going to do everything to split up homes, husbands and wives and children and their parents and he's going to do everything he can to separate people. Don't you let him do that to you. He's looking for that opportunity to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't give in to that, but rise up and make it in yourself to say, I will give no offense because I don't want the ministry to be blamed because I wasn't strong enough to forgive somebody. Is that right? I don't want God to be blamed. And me as a Christian, because I couldn't forgive my brother or my sister. Again, it's easy to forgive those who are good to you, but can you forgive those who really have hurt you? It's hard. I've done it, and it's rough. I've had to pray about it and work through it. But, see, you're the one that's suffering for it, and the ministry's suffering for it. Today is a day of love. Just to remind us one more time, love somebody. Love somebody for Jesus. Love somebody through Jesus. If you can't see the good in them, see Jesus in them. Amen. Begin to find Jesus in them amen and love them love them love them until they get back up and get strong and overcome because you may find they'll be your best friend one of, one of the uh, people that hurt me the most when I was pastoring hurt me bad accused me falsely just over silly little things she just she just had an attitude I went to her I, I battled it but as a, a young minister I knew I didn't want to get offended. I told my wife I said come on let's get ready we're going to go visit so and so oh I didn't want to go she was wrong she, she God said go I went and I knocked on that door, and the whole time I was thinking, oh, God, this is so hard. And I looked at her, and I said, sister, I know I have offended you in some way from the way you're acting and how you have responded. I'm nobody great. I'm just telling you how God works. And I said, please, forgive me. I didn't really feel like that it was my fault. But I knew if we was going to get anywhere in God, I was going to have to say, forgive me. Do you know when I left that church several years later, that woman stood down with the congregation and she wept tears. And she said, Brother Dickie, you've been one of the sweetest, loving pastors I've ever had. When I was at a time that I was miserable, my husband was doing things and he wouldn't come to church with me and I was feeling what's the use. She said, you just stepped out and just made me feel so good that I thought I can't give up. And she said, I'm here today because you and your wife came and y'all became my friend. I still love her to this day, still know her very well. That's what God wants us to do in our homes, between our families, between members, between people out there on the street. When I got the Holy Ghost, I was so drunk in the spirit. I was just a little Baptist boy. And they loaded me up in the car and he left my car at the church because I was so drunk I couldn't even drive. I was still speaking in tongues. It's was about to take me home to a Baptist preacher and his wife, my mom and dad. My sister got me in the car and her daddy-in-law, they got on each side of me because they were afraid I would get out of the car. I was so drunk. I'm telling you, I was that drunk in the spirit. Speaking in tongues and just crying. And We went off down the road and I saw this guy standing over there. He had on, it's, it's fashion today, but he had on a suit, white suit with black tennis shoes. <laughs> and at the time that was not culture. <laughs> it is now. But it, he was way ahead of himself. But I could see he was just waving and I just began to speak in tongues and weep and point at him. I, I, I remember seeing him. I'd seen him through the neighborhood stuff because I went to church in the neighborhood close to where I, I lived. And I said, Lord, in my spirit, I just want to love everybody you. Somebody loved me to you, Lord, and I want to love somebody to you as well. Would you stand with me? Sing this chorus with me. So bind us together, Lord, bind us
2: together with chorus.
1: his hand or pray with somebody and let's sing it one more time.
3: Bind, Bind us. us together
1: So loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth, how many of you believe tonight? Whosoever believeth on him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Shake hands, be friendly, and we'll see you back Sunday. Pray for our pastor as they travel and pray for one another.
3: Amen. In Jesus' name.